Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. good to have uh, you here again with us on Sunday morning church first service just want to make a special welcome as well to anyone who's with us today that are visiting for the first time Um, just wonderful to have you along or maybe the second time or the third time as you're just kind of figuring us out it's so great to have uh, you here with us this morning and um, I'm actually going to be wrapping up uh, uh, our series today on, uh, on loving stronger, but next week we've got Daz Chettle coming in and he's going to be bringing a powerful word. Um, it'll be a great uh, Sunday to bring a friend along and just to really, you know, like he just opens up the heart of God uh, to people. So we just really want to encourage you to come uh, next Sunday. It's going to be a great day. Hey, so um, we love to celebrate innovation here at Thrive. And I just thought, Maybe we could just check out a few fun innovations this morning on the big screen here that you might be able to like relate to and go, man, I like that For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit ThriveChurch.com. So we're ready down the back. We just want to run with a couple of pictures up here. These are really, really cool ideas that you could take home and maybe just kind of, you know, use in your own life. Or maybe not. Yes, there we go. That was the second one. But anyway, can anyone see that? That is a bird on the back of a bird. Why use your own wings when you can use someone else's? How about the next one? What do we got next? Hey, we got a man reading the newspaper, taking his dog for a walk. Two things at one time. That's not a bad innovation. I love this next one here. We've got the, the gym... And we've got people going up the escalator to the gym because who knows when you go to the gym, you don't want to peak too soon. You want to conserve your energy so everyone can see you push that out. Yeah, yeah, that's what before leg day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. All these innovations are all there and it's all around like, hey, take it easy. Who says like when you're saying goodbye to someone like, hey, take it easy, man. Take it easy. Yeah, it's good to, it's, it's a nice way to say goodbye because we want to like, hey, we want, we, we, we can relate to actually things being a little easy. It's nice to, you know, it's nice to just chill. It's nice to actually like, man, go through your day and you've got these really cool things that just help you along like iPads and iPhones and, but I just want to propose this thought. What happens when the easy as, good to go, plug and play kind of innovation replaces our creativity? What happens when convenience actually dismantles the opportunity for us to be courageous pioneers? Like we're called to engage our full heart, our full mind, our full life into the life that God has actually given us. And I think there's this myth um, that is in our society these days, and it states that our lives will be better when things are done for us. Our lives will be better when things are done for us. And I know like with our children, we're parenting and we're teaching our kids that to become strong people, to become adults, 
you need to start doing things for yourself. <laughs> you need to actually start engaging with your life and taking responsibility for what is around you. I love, who loves the Star Wars trilogy? Like the, the first one, uh, the first three, the Empire Strikes Back. Man, that was, I love that. I love, especially love the Empire Strikes Back because it's in between. You're wondering what's going to happen in the third one. And it's this kind of unfinished business. And, and there's this scene when, Luke Skywalker, well, he has got this goal to become a Jedi Knight, you know, and, and, and wield that lifesaber and, and, or lightsaber, and, and he's crashed his X-Wing. Does anyone know what an X-Wing is? It's a cool starship. Yeah, in the swamp, and he just happened to crash right next to Yoda's house, which was really, and he is this Jedi master. And so Yoda's actually teaching you, Luke, these um, some life lessons, and he says, mm, "Vader is strong." That's all I'm going to do because I've got a cold. Uh, mind what you have learned. Save you, it can. Only a fully trained Jedi Knight with the Force and his ally will conquer Vader and his Emperor. If you end your training now, if you choose the quick and easy path as Vader did, you will become an agent of evil. Everyone say, agent of evil. <laughs> Do you know, to become a master, I love what, what, what Yoda's saying here. To become a master at our life, we have to be intentional at living it. We have to put the time in. And because we are called to actually become masters in our lives. We're called to become masters over what is actually trying to shut us down and lock us up and not just find the easy way out of what is in front of us. God said this um, to Adam and Eve's son, Cain. See, Cain at this time in his life was struggling with intense jealousy and hatred towards his brother Abel. And he said this, he said, God said, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. You must master it. You know, in life, we must become the master of the challenge or the challenge will become the master of it, of us. And so to become a master, who's ready to become a master this morning? Sounds good. I want to be like Luke and like wield that lightsaber and, and I, want to, I want to take dominion over my life. And I know each one of us here in this building today, you want to win. You want to win tomorrow. You want to win with your family. You want to win with your business. You want to win with your education. And so this morning, I'm talking about becoming the master of the thing that is in front of us. And we're going to unpack that this morning. Um, going the distance will change us into the best version of ourselves. Going the distance will change us into the best virgin, a virgin, version of ourselves. <laughs> If only you could meet future you. See, I think future you would say to today you, don't give up. Don't give up. God wants to shape you, but we need to do our part and fight for who he's calling us to be in this. And for us to embrace the best uh, version of ourselves, we're going to need to go the distance in life. Endurance. The dictionary says this about endurance. It says, 
It's the ability or strength to continue to last despite fatigue, stress, or other adverse conditions to have stamina, endurance, tenacity, resilience, perseverance. These are actually essential ingredients for us to become masters of the call on our lives. And our goal as a church and as individuals, like God has a goal for your life, and it is actually to leave a legacy of love to those around you. It's to leave a legacy of love to those in your workplace, in your family, and so that the generations will actually flow from your life because you were someone that said, I want to become the master of my life. I want to take dominion over this thing, and I want to master that thing. You know, maybe you're here today, and you feel like sin is crouching at your door. You feel like just behind this next door, there's trouble in my life, you know, or Today, God's saying, hey, you can take authority over that and you can become the master of what is trying to master you. Who knows, uh, the, the round-the-world yacht boats, man, there's a race that's going to be happening soon. Those boats, they are built to handle the pressure of the wind. Their hulls are designed to withstand huge swells and they are created to endure these elements of these massive oceans because they are designed to finish the race. They're designed to finish the race. You know, you are created to finish the race. God is looking at you today with the end goal in mind. And I love Hebrews 12 verse 1. It says this. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. God has set a race before you that he's calling you to run. It's not a race of chance. It's not like you just happen to just get there and you're like, whoa, which way shall I run? He's actually, he's got a pathway for you to run down with your life. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth and he was called, his life was about running a race that the Father had called and designed for him to actually run in. And the Gospel of Luke is a really interesting gospel because it gives us this box seat into the life of Jesus Christ. And we can see in this gospel that he is, God's given him a purpose and a direction that he needs to run in. And I just want to just kick this off here this morning from Luke 9, 51. It says this, this is about Jesus's race and Jesus's direction that he was going. It says, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. So we've got this Jesus resolutely setting out for Jerusalem. This is chapter 9 of the Gospel of Luke out of 24 chapters. And in chapter 9, Jesus has already resolved to set out and head towards Jerusalem. And some scholars actually call the Gospel of Luke um, Jesus' travel narrative because it just documents 
where Jesus is going and why he's going again. And so again and again through this gospel, we see that this Jesus, the journey of Jesus is emphasized here. And I just want to skip over a few of these. In Luke 13, it says, when Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. In Luke 17, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between blah, blah, blah. And Luke 18, he said, we are going up to Jerusalem. In Luke 19, he went ahead going up to Jerusalem. Can you hear something here? Can you hear that he's going somewhere? So I want you just to consider today that everything that takes place in Jesus's life from chapter 9, it takes place where Jesus is on this journey towards Jerusalem and he is walking towards the shadow of the looming cross. Like he knows where he's going and he knows why he's going. And on the way to the cross, Jesus, he just continues to display to the world what, what, what love looks like. And he's healing the sick, he's raising the dead, he's teaching and he's doing life well with his disciples all the time knowing that one of his disciples, and he knew the one, would actually betray him. How do you you reveal what love looks like when the betrayer is around your life? Jesus is this incredible ultimate example to us of what love looks like when things don't look like they're going to be going Right. He is the ultimate example of enduring love. Milestones. You know, our lives are full of milestones. And I hope your life is full of good ones. And these are like our defining moments. These are the birthdays. Anyone had a birthday? This is our first day at school. I actually remember the first time that I ate KFC. That was amazing. It came to Blenheim when I was about 10 years old. And I just remember that moment. I was like, yay! <laughs> As a 10-year-old, potato and gravy and chips, it's pretty awesome. A first job, a first wife. She's still my number one. Having kids. You know, it's the circle of life. It's made up of all these milestones. And even during the year, we have milestones. And, and we remember anniversaries. I was actually talking with someone before service and he said every time around this time of year it just gets tough because some bad stuff happened in my life and so those milestones where we we can remember during the year where the tough stuff happens and I don't know whether you've got great milestones or not so good milestones but whatever you're at you know Jesus wants to meet you in your place he wants to meet you in the place of the disappointments in your heart and he wants to heal you so that the milestones that you have can become milestones of forgiveness and of letting go and of healing and of moving on. Today, my message is actually called Enduring Love. And over these last few weeks, we've, um, we've been talking about how love is brave. Jared brought a great message on that, how love moves towards others. And Debbie last week talked about how love costs, how there's no greater love for someone than, than he who lays his life down for a friend. You know, that's not a free thing that love costs this morning, enduring love. We've been talking about a love that goes the distance, that lasts a lifetime. And I just want to give you four milestones that, you know, in life we're going to most likely pass through as we become masters of running this race of enduring love. 
Let's look again at Hebrews 12. It says this, And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Milestone number one is that God has a race for your life. He is a destination for your future. Enduring love knows why it's going, where it's going. It has a goal. And it needs to have a goal because it needs to see the finish line because for something to endure, it has to pass through something. It has to be tested. There's going to be pressure where the integrity of whatever it is that is passing through is actually tested. It's on trial, if you like. And in those places of testing, has anyone been through one of those? We've got to be really clear about why we're going through the test or else we'll give up halfway. And we're like, nah, too hard. So it's really, really good to know where you're going in your race in life. Come on, there's this Kiwi family who have recently moved from Christchurch to India as missionaries. And they, they actually commented that they thought that the first move, the big move from Christchurch to India would be the hardest thing that they would do as a family. But they said that actually it's the smaller moves that have proven to be more difficult. And they're currently living in the city of Calcutta and they've got a flushing toilet. But their finish line for them is actually the slum area about a thousand meters away by the Ganges River. And that's where they know they're called to go there. And they've said that the next move to that slum to a squat toilet that's used by thousands of people. A smaller move, but it's going to be the hardest move for them. And they've got this goal, though, and their goal, they said this, is a journey towards solidarity with those who are oppressed. See, love endures the pain of sacrifice when love understands why it's sacrificing. And we're never going to be able to endure something if we don't know why we're enduring it. We won't finish the race unless we know why we started out. So enduring love, the first milestone is we need to know where we're going. Enduring love takes ownership of this challenge. It isn't always second guessing and looking over its shoulder, looking like, man, where's my backup plan here? (laughs) You know, like, I want out. This is really tough. But enduring love says, I was built for this race. It's my life. I own this lane, and this is where I'm going. That's what enduring love says. Hebrews 12, it says this. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Milestone two, enduring love needs to identify the threats that want to prevent us from finishing the race. See, when Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem and he starts talking with his disciples about how he must suffer and go to the cross, Peter actually takes him aside and he says, Jesus, Jesus, this is crazy talk. What are you doing? This isn't a part of my, my thoughts for our future. This isn't, we're not going to do this. You're going to be The king and Jesus so pushes back on Peter and he's really confrontational. He says, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. 
You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. That's pretty, that's a tough pushback right there. It's like, I don't see you, Peter. I see the devil when you speak to me like that. See, in the race Jesus was running through Peter, the enemy tried to place an obstacle in front of him that would cause him to stumble. And it was like a whisper. It's like, Jesus, it'd be much easier if you go this way. It'd be much more convenient for your life if you went down this path. Pastor Chris Hodges says this, the enemy doesn't come dressed in a red jumpsuit wearing little horns. He comes dressed in everything we think we want. Ow. Come on. Temptation can look like the things we want, and it's designed to take us away from our race. But Jesus recognized the temptation for what it was. It was a distraction. It was an easier option. And it also shows us this thing, that we're never above temptation. Like Jesus right there was confronted with temptation. We will never outgrow temptation. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I memorized this as a, as a young guy. It says, no temptation has seized you except for what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, God will provide a way out so that you can endure it. So that you can endure it. God will provide a way out. Remember what God said to Cain. Sin desires to have you, but you must master it. See, God will provide a way out so that you can become sin's master. You're called to become the master of the temptation and the sin and the pressure that is trying to come around your life. And how did Jesus respond? He said, get behind me. Get out of my vision. I'm not going to get distracted by you because I'm going forward. I'm not going to look at you any longer. I'm getting you behind me. I don't know. Sometimes pressure temptation, frustration can just feel like you've hit a wall. It's like hit a wall and you're like, boom. And then you're like, ah. And, and this journey to the next milestone, it looks more like this. And if you're down the back and you can't see me, this is an ugly crawl. <laughs> and and it, it like I've been down here at times, and it feels like you're just sort of hanging on to not go backwards in life. It's like, I'm winning if I'm hanging on today in my race. And in these moments, as people, like we're just flesh and blood here. Let Just hear me out. We don't have great faith. I've had moments of like, I don't feel faith-filled. I don't feel hope-filled. I don't, you know, I, I, all I've got in me is God help. And maybe you're like, I don't want to go to church today, but then you have to because you're preaching. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, this is not, this is not how it's meant to look. I just want to be real with you. I've had days like that this year. And this, 
<laughs> last week. This is, like, what is this milestone? I, I think this is the milestone of surrender. It's that place where you feel like everything that you thought you were going to be and do is actually just stripped right back off you, and you can feel like you're falling. You can feel overwhelmed and just desperate, and it's just not a fun place to be, but I want to tell you and encourage you, if you're in that place, like there is hope for your life. The irony of that thing is that it feels like that we're dying. You know, we're dying on the inside, but that's actually what Jesus wants from us, because his word says that you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. The life you live in the body, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. These are milestones of surrender and we can't avoid them and we need to pass through them as God disciplines us and shapes us. In Luke 22, it says this. This was Jesus as he had a surrender milestone. It says this, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling on the ground. See, in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus wrestled through the pain of what lay before him. And it was that moment when he surrendered again his life to the, to the severity of what was in front of him, that the Father had actually asked him to go down. And as we know, Jesus courageously walked down that path. But the good news is, is that three days later, after his death on the cross, He rose from the dead. And as these women, they went to the tomb and they found that the stone had been rolled away and and the body of Jesus wasn't there. And while they were standing there, two angels appeared to them and said, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? He's not here. He has risen. He has risen. See, Jesus endured the pain of, of the cross and overcame the power of the grave. Isaiah 25 says that he will swallow up death in victory. He will swallow up, that is prophetic about what Jesus was to do. He will swallow up death in victory. And because he swallowed up death in victory, resurrection life was released to the world. We can approach the throne of grace with great boldness because of this love of Christ that He laid His life down for us. We can come freely to God the Father because He loved us so much. And Jesus demonstrated what it looks like to walk through the tough places, the hard times, but to follow the call, knowing that the Father had another side to the cross. He had another side to the suffering and to the pain. And I love how that 
both those scriptures. I don't know if you noticed, but there's angels each side. There's angels ministering to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. As he prayed, the angels are ministering to him. And then there's angels on the other side of the cross that are there to tell the the woman that Jesus had risen. You know, I just want to encourage you today that even though, you know, you're in flesh and blood and your life is, you're moving through this season and maybe you're pushing on to the goal that God has got for your life. I want to encourage you, you don't do that alone. You do that with the presence of God. You do that in the supernatural. You do that with angels. They say that they're ministers to the saints. This is incredible. God is with you in your process. And the the fourth milestone, the final milestone this morning is victory. God has got victory through for you on the other side of your process. I love Hebrews 10. It says, so do not throw away your confidence for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what He has promise. You know, you're created to outlast the process that you're currently in. You're going to make it. You're going to beat this thing. You're going to get to the other side of your challenges. Man, if you're new here today, uh, or even new as a uh, in, in Christ, you just like recently embraced Him into your heart, I just want to encourage you here that you're on a journey there's no fast track to being perfect. Like I'm still on that track, you know, like you're in good company here. We are all like moving towards Christ on a journey in our lives. And so maybe you're here today and you're like, do do you have a goal? Do you know where you're running? Maybe you're in a place of surrender this morning. Maybe it's time for you to be real about some of those threats that are trying to take you out of the race that you're called to run distractions, things like that, that look like the better option, but are actually going to take you away from the promises God has for your life. This morning as we take communion, I just want to celebrate God's victory for your race. I want to celebrate that He's gone to the other side, that death was swallowed up in victory. And if you feel like you're being swallowed up by your challenges in this season, His enduring love for you has made a way for you to get to the other side. Come on. So good. So I'm just going to pray. And then once I've finished doing that, you can just make your way to to one of these communion stations. There's one at the front and one at the back. That'd be awesome. Holy Spirit, we just open our hearts to you in this moment. Jesus, we just thank you that you laid your life down for us. You're such an incredible, incredible Savior, incredible example of what enduring love looks like. And we just give you our race right now, God. We give you our struggles. We give you our joys. We just give you our lives. And we just say, come with us, Jesus. We want to follow you. Awesome. Amen. All right, you can stand and just make your way.